Hey guys, welcome back to the Crypto Catch-Up. We're here with your regular fortnightly market update. And with me, I have a lovely new guest, Mr. Cam Donnelly. How you doing, mate? Good, Pav. Very good. Thanks for having me. Well, mate, good to have you here. So I guess just to kick things off, mate, did you want to give a little introduction of your beginnings in crypto and how you're involved here at SwiftX? Yeah, definitely. So I first got into crypto a few years ago, maybe about four years ago, not very diligently or heavily. I was basically just investing in Bitcoin because uh, a mate of mine said you were sensible, told me about it. Yeah, because <laughs> I made a very sound investment decision. Um, I essentially just had a friend that told me a bit about it. And so I was, you know, putting about 50 bucks a week here and there into Bitcoin and not really thinking about it. I've been more sort of heavily in the space for about the last two years now. So just personally investing. And then I came to work for SwiftX about one year ago now, currently working in the high value accounts management team, which is a small dedicated team we have here at the company that manages our top traders. And yeah, ever since I've just been sort of delving into the world of crypto, learning more and more and trying to make the most of it. In the vortex. Absolutely. Going down the rabbit hole. Absolutely. That's awesome, mate. Well, Thanks, mate. It's good to have you here. And with that, we'll we'll jump into some news. So I guess just to talk through a couple of topics for today, we'll run over a lot of the downside we've seen recently, you know, major dips across all major markets, even in the ASX, losing up to $100 billion by lunchtime, I think it was, got written off. So yeah, we'll just unpack that a bit. We'll touch on some Celsius news. So a few people might have been seeing this spruiked across a lot of tabloids and even just some social sites lately. So we'll dive into that a little bit just to explain what that service is and what's gone wrong. And I know Gian and I spoke about this last time, but we'll touch upon uh, USDD, depegging, which is Tron's algorithmic stablecoin. So yeah, can't believe that we're actually talking about that, but that's happening. Um, repeating itself. Oh, mate, it's nuts. And we've just got some exciting, I guess, just news about SwiftX and where we're going to. So we'll touch on that too towards the end. But mate, first up, what's, I guess, your take on what we're seeing right now? Yeah, I guess at the moment, there's a lot of fear in the market sort of globally, not just crypto, but, you know, equities across the board. We've seen sort of, I guess, you know, there's inflation data come out recently in the last sort of few days, 8.6% in the US. And I guess if you, you know, take a look at, I guess, the inflation rates on more sort of like key indicators, like even, you know, fuel, food, housing prices, things like that, it's probably, you know, like a lot more than 8.6% realistically across. I've heard a, um, a good investment these days might be a can of baked beans. Yeah, well, well, that's that's true. I think Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad Poor Dad was saying, uh, can of baked beans is probably a better investment than some cryptos at the moment, because at least you're going to be able to uh, feed yourself and, you know, it'll probably increase in value over the next year as well. So we've got sort of those issues and then, you know, like the more sort of macroeconomic issues that have been sort of plaguing us as well with sort of what's going on in Europe and Ukraine and things like that. It's a lot happening, hey? Yeah, I guess that's sort of building up upon sort of recession fears or the economy is going to go into, um, move into a recession. And I think that's just spooking a lot of people. You know, you look at the sort of fear and greed indexes as well across the board and everyone's pulling out of markets, holding in cash. And yeah, it's just sort of sending the markets as a whole into a bit of a downward spiral. Yeah, it's been nuts. I mean, it's quite literally, if you even look at US equity markets, we're approaching 160 days of just going down. So this is pretty huge. I mean, we're seeing this effect people's lifetime savings, their long-term investment strategies. You know, there's obviously a lot of fear and undoubt when we're seeing something that usually is so stable, correct so heavily. And, you know, crypto obviously follows that trend as well. Uh, something we're obviously more used to. If you had to look back at previous price action for crypto markets, they do go through quite cyclic bouts, usually in four to six year periods where we do see massive corrections. But lo and behold, it usually always gets up to brand new highs shortly after, which we did see in 2020 and 2021. But 
I think the main thing right now, I guess a lot of people might be wondering is why did we dip when we did? So I thought it'd be good to just unpack some of the events leading up to the most recent capitulation event. Seems to be a um, new sort of uh, cataclysmic event every week or every month these days, but um, we'll pretend some type of most recently happened. Yeah, we'll pretend we know what we're talking about, but I mean, it, it's a pretty good indication, I think, as to why we had the massive sell-off. So on Friday, there was a key piece of CPI data, so consumer price index in the US, that came out much higher than expected. So we touched on this last podcast that uh, you can follow these economic data points yourself. There are some free news aggregators. I know the one I use is called Forex Factory. But either, yeah, if it goes higher than expected, could be bad, lower than expected, usually it's quite positive. So in this case, we did see higher than expected. So the CPI, essentially, for those that don't know, is basically the price of goods and services purchased by consumers, excluding food and energy. So that's that's when everyone always tells you at a barbecue, oh, Inflation isn't really reported. Well, that's generally what they're talking about. That food isn't baked into that generalized index cost. And we've all seen the price of lettuce lately. So, I mean, put two and two together might be a good explanation for why we're seeing the markets behave they are. So that was last Friday. And then on the 14th and 15th, so in Australia time tomorrow, we should hear what the FOMC meeting results uh, come in at. So that's the US market's basically way of saying if the interest rates are going to go up or down or stay steady. So that's that's a pretty key piece that a lot of people just want to be risk off, which I guess, again, may explain a lot of the, the market selling that we're seeing. A lot of people just fleeting back to cash as a bit of a safe haven. But yeah, it's been a tumultuous couple of weeks. So yeah, that's just a bit of a lowdown on that. And I guess, Cam, you've been watching Bitcoin pretty closely as well during these times. Yeah, I guess, you know, well, it's obviously sort of like the market trend leader, right? It's a good sort of indicator for the entire crypto market as a whole. And I think, you know, looking at Bitcoin over sort of the last few days, we've dropped to some pretty critical low points, falling below sort of that 25K mark. I suppose like a good indicator that I've sort of been watching to maybe not necessarily call the bottom, obviously, you know, like I don't think anyone wants to be putting their name to that at the moment, <laughs> um, but is that sort of 200-week moving average. So over the past sort of few cycles when the price of Bitcoin's fallen below the 200-week moving average, that generally sort of indicates, I guess, a bit of a reversal. And I think we did that yesterday, actually, yep, at around 22,000 yeah. US dollars. So we're still sort of, I guess, hovering around that mark, maybe found a little bit of support there. But I think, you know, all things considered, we'll probably end up heading a bit lower, maybe even reaching the price of the previous all-time high of the last cycle, which is around that $19,000 mark, mm. um, which interestingly enough, I don't think has ever happened in the history of crypto where Bitcoin has previously touched the last all-time high of the previous cycle. So if we hit those levels, it could be, yeah, pretty pretty ugly in, in terms of, uh, I guess, the, the crypto market as a whole. We could be going a lot lower. I think. Yeah, it's, it's a real possibility, right? Like we've all seen what's happened lately and until there's, I guess, any less hawkish news out of the, the US and, you know, monetary policy starts to loosen up instead of this tightening that we've seen, probably could expect that things just keep, unfortunately, going in the general direction they are. But I know... Anecdotally speaking to some people, they were looking for that same price range hit that you talked about, the 200-week moving average, and a few people I know just slowly started adding in. But I think the, the key takeaway there is it's probably not going to be over anytime soon, so probably got plenty of time at this point, hopefully, not not financial advice, to be able to watch the <laughs> yes. markets and just... I, I think if I'd say anything, right now is a great time to start paying attention. A lot of people disconnected, not really wanting to look at this because it's potentially too much pain, but... Yeah, if history shows shown us anything, these sort of key levels have been, I guess, 
pretty eventful in Bitcoin's history. So uh, I know I'll be watching pretty avidly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like you've got sort of time on your side, right? We're not going to get to that sort of like V-shaped recovery Unless COVID-20 hits. (laughs) It's it's sort of hard to see that. So I think it's going to be, you know, like we're in sort of like a bearish market for sort of, you know, the next few months. And that's a good time for people to sort of get back into the markets, you know, have a look at what's going on, maybe DCA into a few positions and perhaps prep yourself for the next cycle or, you know, sort of your your long-term investment future. So, yeah, nice. But I guess with negative price action, we will see, I guess, quite a bit of savory news. So I know you've been doing a bit of digging into the Celsius saga. So could you explain to everyone like what Celsius is? Yeah. So Celsius is a crypto financial lending platform. I guess, you know, it's it's run by CEO Alex Mashinsky, who has kind of gone dark over the last sort of a few days with everything that's going on. But he's always... I guess, supported the platform to be sort of anti-bank. You know, he doesn't like banks. He thinks that the way they operate and the interests that they offer customers and the um, financial sort of freedom that people can get with banks is not as good as what he was offering through Celsius. So effectively, you know, he was offering loans through crypto and also offering interest earning as as well. So the idea being, uh, I suppose, similar to a bank, you know, people depositing their funds would earn an interest rate that is sort of less than what he was offering for people to take out loans. But the the thing was, he was basically, you know, offering pretty, pretty high interest rates, always above market levels, um, far higher than, I, I guess, you know, any other a similar platform like Nexo or BlockFi or even Orange Swift X own platform. And I think, you know, there were a lot of people that thought perhaps it wasn't sustainable for that business to be to be running that way. And I think the, the main issue over the last few months was there was a lot of rumors, a lot of people essentially thought that they didn't perhaps have the liquidity on hand to repay back people's loans that they were putting into the Celsius platform. And that created, I guess, you know, a bit of a bank run where I think over the last sort of three months, about a billion dollars was withdrawn from Celsius oh, wow. in people's funds. So they had around 12 billion under management. And in the last sort of three months, you know, a good chunk of that, about 8% was withdrawn. So about two days ago, they essentially stopped all withdrawals. They basically essentially just closed down the platform. So stopped withdrawals, deposits, swapping, and essentially locked everyone's money up that was being held on the platform, earning interest. And I guess what the future holds is still pretty uncertain. It was it was kind of rumored that they were holding a lot of staked ETH. So they were taking essentially people's funds, staking it in the ETH 2.0 protocol to, to earn that interest. But of course, staked ETH is basically locked up. So I think that's where they went wrong. They essentially had a lot of their funds on the books that were basically locked up and- Couldn't be accessed. Yeah, couldn't be accessed. So right. customers essentially couldn't withdraw it. That's um, scary. Very, yeah, very, very scary. And I, I guess, you know, even in the last sort of 48 hours, obviously th- things move very rapidly in crypto. So Nexo, who's one of their main competitors as a crypto financial lending platform, they they operate in a very similar way. They've sort of come out and have offered to actually buy Celsius. And whether that goes ahead or not is still, I guess, un- unconfirmed. But at the present time, there's a lot of people's money, over about a million customers have their funds sort of locked up and can't gain access to them. So it's almost like... Luna 2.0, you know, a lot of people- it's a little lo- bit different. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people lost funds and lost faith in, in Luna and UST. And now I guess, you know, uh, a lot of people are going through the same thing with Celsius now. Yeah, generally that onboard theme of just lending platforms just really not being the safe haven everyone kind of pegged them to be, mm. which is kind of sad. On that same note, USDD, which we called out a little while back, which is Tron's uh, version of an algorithmic stablecoin. So I know we sort of talked about that on a podcast pretty recently that it smelled pretty gross. Having seen what happened to the lunar environment with their algorithmic stablecoin, just even the pure timing of the market, 
how the stability of that stablecoin is so heavily reliant on the actual underlying assets. So Tron in this case, or Luna previously, maintaining its value. So I mean, if the whole market's selling off, it's really hard to, in my opinion, be able to give that assurance to customers that that peg's not going to be lost. And we've seen it dip to, I think, 95 cents earlier today and uh, 97 cents earlier this week. So pretty hallmark. Uh, It was pretty similar behavior to what UST had before it unfortunately unraveled. So, you know, I don't, like to think there's too many people using this protocol and just a lot of smoke and advertisement and a lot of people are obviously already weary of what what's happened and the fact that history can repeat itself is not off the cards so uh, i just think it's crazy that yeah, we're here again you're sitting in algorithmic yeah. stable coins at the moment you're gonna you know, have a bad time yeah i yeah. mean that uh, that risk of sort of you know earning your 20 percent on your on your few thousand dollars and you could potentially lose it all that whole thing, like, does 20, 20, 20% every year, is that, you know, does that make sense? Should that be possible? Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I myself, I got sort of caught up in, in Luna and, oh, well, not, sorry, not Luna, in Anchor, okay. in UST and Anchor. So, I had, I had a little bit of money in there and I was sort of lucky enough to, I think, just like be able to pull it out in time before the Luna network started oh, did shutting down and yeah. managed to get it back to SwiftX and sort of, I think I sold it off for about 80 cents on the dollar and at the time I was pretty bummed, but yeah. as it kept crashing, I thought, oh. I'm a I'm a trading genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was it was a rough couple of weeks, and it's just crazy to see that the pain just keeps coming. Um, I guess what we're seeing, really, for top performers, we haven't seen too much. I guess in the space, not really anything too bullish in the last two weeks that I guess has any reasonable rhyme to it. Uh, I know you mentioned that Celsius was up this morning, about 400% Celsius token. Uh, whether or not that's just a dead cat bounce at the moment, who knows. Uh, but we're seeing most assets sort of hovering around, you know, anywhere up to 20, 30% up, or most assets are in fact down uh, for the last 14 days. So I think it's just the general sentiment is there's no real long-term relief coming, a lot of short-term relief rallies, which is quite normal to see when you're trending down. So I think we could just be having to wait this one out a little bit longer. But I think this is a great chance, Cam, just to, I guess, share a little bit of what you've learned since you've sort of come into the crypto space. Because obviously you came in, at a time when everything was rosy, yeah, market's looking great, you couldn't make a wrong move, and now it's just pretty much night and day. What would you say is the biggest takeaway that you would have for someone just getting into the space right now? Yeah, it's sort of quite interesting because as I sort of mentioned, I guess I bought my, I bought my first Bitcoin a couple of years ago, mm. but like I said, I had no sort of knowledge about the crypto space whatsoever. I was just doing it because a mate kind of had hey, you know, g- gave me a hot tip. So yeah. I started sort of doing that and then I, I, really only in the last sort of 18 months have I sort of been really fo- sort of heavily following the space, especially since coming to work for Swiss obviously you've got to get involved. Mm. But yeah, I guess like the main thing that I've learned is just it's so, so easy to get caught up in the hype, right? Yeah. And it's crypto is so, so psychological. There's so many things that go into it that sort of like play on your mind and you get caught up in the hype, you get caught up in the hopium and, you know, especially I, I think like the influencers, they've, they've definitely got a part to play. It depends sort of who you follow and where you're getting your yeah. knowledge from. But it's just so easy in those bull markets, like moving up towards the end of last year, everyone's, you know, going 100K Bitcoin and you, you're putting money into everything. There's so much money flowing into the market yep. that you just almost sort of couldn't miss. And new people coming into the space are just sort of going, oh, like this is this is free money. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And Get rich quick, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, people always say take profits like you're never going to go you're never going to go broke or you're never going to regret taking profits, right? Mm. And I think even for people in the space, that's sort of one thing that people kind of forget is maybe because you're, you're surrounded by 
you know, crypto people the whole time. Everyone sort of pumps each other up and you, you kind of get that feeling of euphoria when you are in those bull markets. Yeah. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's, I guess, about, you know, preservation of your funds and, and your wealth. So you've got to take those profits when you can. And when you're in a bear market like we are at the moment, you've got to be realistic uh, about that as well. And, you know, not be jumping in, not try and catch that sort of that falling knife as things are crashing and just be patient. And yeah, I guess if you're new to the space, it just goes back to who you're following. You know, you you want to be getting your knowledge and your information off people who are, I'd say, more on the conservative side as well. Like generally, if you're following someone on Twitter or YouTube and they're getting a lot of hate in the comments, you know, like people calling them lettuce hands and <laughs> lettuce hands and paper hands and things like that. You know, when they're call- when they're sort of calling tops or saying, "Oh, it's a blow off top," generally, like those are the people you should be following because if they're getting a lot of hate for for you know being a bit more bearish when when things are going amazingly well those are the kinds of people that uh, are usually the ones actually making money it's you know everyone else that are going to get burnt and wrecked in the long run so yeah it's funny like everyone has that same answer like we've i think i've seen it this time more than last time around just the amount of influences again like saying just being experts subject matter experts overnight yeah um and it's all most of them i think yeah might not be too I guess, um, selfish in the information, what they're trying to do. But I mean, it's a good, I think we said it last time. I don't want to overplay it, but yeah, it's a good time to just fact check the people you are following yeah. and have those two sides of the argument. Like it's never a bad thing to have someone questioning what you think about the market. And, you know, at the end of the day, you might just need to talk to your mum and just say, mum, what would you do? You know, someone <laughs> absolutely neutralized. I don't know. Maybe that's something I need to do. She says it's too good to be true. Maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think the thing that a lot of people forget as well is a lot of these sort of like crypto influencers most of them aren't making their their fortunes off crypto. No, They're making it off like their YouTube channel, their advertising, clicks. Yeah. their clicks, yeah. their referral codes, all these sorts of things. So it's kind of funny, like the, the people in the space who are making the most money out of crypto aren't actually doing it because they're gun traders. It's, yeah, exactly. It's everything else that's, yep. that's factored into it. It's kind of like a sports star making money off their sponsorships, Selling right? Their protein. They, yeah, yeah. They, they don't make money from, yeah. you know, playing. Well, obviously, they, they make they money do. from playing, but yeah. it's like, why is LeBron James rich, right? He's got all these sponsorship deals. So yeah. it's the same thing in crypto. People... People who are, you know, driving the Lambo and things like that, they're doing it because they're making money off all, all these other avenues, not necessarily because they're amazing traders and know the market mm. and know yep. how to do TA and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, yeah. Anyone who's yet yeah, guessing they know the future, it's dubious at best. I yeah. think we can all agree on that, but it's always fun. I don't know. It's good to be engaged. I yeah. still feel. It's just finding that balance is always hard. Yeah. But, mate, that's, that's been great. I think it's been a good catch-up. I think we've covered off quite a bit. Just one final thing to finish on. There's some pretty exciting news coming out for our company in particular, SwiftX, yes, uh, a merger with Superhero. So we'll be excited to pass on more details when they do come across. But essentially, Superhero been around for quite a while as well. Similar sort of time frame as SwiftX. And they have a very good superannuation and share offering. So we're looking to hopefully at one day have the awesome app we've all dreamed about where you can buy stocks and crypto in one place. So yeah. Lots of exciting things to come. So just want to give the shout out to the company for, you know, I guess we see it every day. Some amazing people doing some amazing things, but, um, yeah, this is one definitely. I think we'll all celebrate when it, when it's, when it's all finally here and done. Absolutely. Yeah. That'll be huge for investment space as a whole for, mm. you know, Australian residents and I guess like globally as we expand. Yeah. And just give a lot of people sort of a lot of exposure to maybe assets that they hadn't previously invested in. You know, it'll give traditional equities guys exposure to crypto and, you know, your crypto guys yep. exposure to all your equities in one place, one app, you know, with the click of a button. So no one else is doing that. And yeah, it's going to be pretty revolutionary, I think. It'll be yeah. Cool. I'm excited. Very excited. All right, mate. Well, thanks very much for joining us today. We'll have to get you back another time. But um, cheers, Cam. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a good one. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 